0: But I want you to turn with me over to Jeremiah, the 18th chapter. And verses 1 through 4, we're going to start off there. And uh, Jeremiah is speaking here, and uh, he said, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. And I went down to the potter's house, and there... Uh, there he was making something at the wheel and the, and, and the vessel of, that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Yeah. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord? Look at the clay is in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, uh I I want to start off my dad and I we ministered a lot sometimes and we were in a conference together back in uh, goodness I I'm, I'm going to say it was around 88 or 89 and we were ministering in a conference and my dad was preaching that particular service and uh God gave him a dream the night before and as as he went in here in, into the service he began to explain the dream that God gave him and he he opened the conference by telling about this dream. He saw all of these shelves in this big room. It's like a storage room. And all these shelves where these uh, pottery plants were. And most of them were marred and not... Uh, and not perfect, you know, and they were just kind of placed up there. Some of them had cracks in them and, and different things. They were just placed up there. And the Lord began to ask, ask the Lord, He said, what does this mean about these, these vessels that are up on these shelves? And it looks like they're on the shelf and that, that there's, uh, um, uh, you know, cracks in them and that they're marred and all of this stuff. And, uh, so, you know, Uh, He he just began to ask the Lord this question, and God told him. He said, those vessels up there are some that I want to use for the kingdom of God. That I want to use for the glory of the Lord. But he said, they were messed up when I was working on them. (laughs) uh, but, But I'm not done with them yet. That's the reason I haven't destroyed them. And I'm going to take them and put them back on the potter's wheel. And I'm going to mend them and, and mold them back into a vessel that can be useful for the kingdom of God. My daddy took off preaching that morning <laughs> to all these preachers that were there. And I'll tell you what, there was a lot of them that felt unworthy. There was a lot of them that felt like they weren't accomplishing anything. There was a lot of them that felt like they were put up on a shelf somewhere, that uh, some of them had put out to pasture, so to speak, and, and there was no hope for them whatsoever. But you know, after that morning, that altar was filled with preachers. And other people, of course, that was in the service also. And they were weeping before the Lord because they were yielding themselves to the potter. The one that can perfect everything and make everything right again. I tell you what, just if you look at your life today, it's probably not what you want it to be. Amen? It's not what you want. Sometimes you feel like you're you're not... Good enough or worthy enough, but listen, God is not wanting you to feel any way in that manner. He's wanting you to let Him just be, be the one in charge and, and create and make and perfect that that's in you. That's all God wants to do. He just wants to perfect us. Have you ever dropped a vase? Oh, I've done that several times. They used to call me Butterfingers. My daddy didn't used to want to sit by me at the restaurant because he said, don't you let him sit by me. Donnie, you get over here by me. I said, why? He said, because you always spill the tea. You hit the tea and spill it all over me. I said, oh, dad, come on. And so I sat down and sure enough, I hit it and it just spilled all over him, you know. He said, I told you. <laughs> but, but you know, have you ever had a vase that was really nice and and uh, and all of a sudden it slipped out of your hand? And it just busted on the, sometimes they even bust on the carpet, you know, if they hit just right, and and it and it just shatters, and your heart just sinks, because that was that was a beautiful vessel, and now here it is nothing, pieces, and I I've done this, but I've tried to glue it back together, you know, and how many's ever tried to glue it back together, and it it looks glued back together. I mean you still see the glue on the marks where you put it all together again and you just didn't get those pieces just right and nothing was just right at all and and uh, but yet you were trying you were trying but you see what God does God takes that shattered vessel and when he's done remaking it and remolding it and remaking and resurfacing and whatever he's got to do on it there's no crack showing Because God perfects it. And God makes it a useful vessel again. And listen, God has something for all of us. Now listen, I I don't want us to ever get in a place to where we think that we're nobody and we're nothing. And we can't do anything anymore. Because God's not done with you yet. Praise God. Uh, I've had somebody come in my office many times, not here, but through the years. And they said, Brother Clarence, I just feel useless. I just don't feel like I'm worth anything. I can't do anything for God. I said, well, just sit down. I said, now, let's start all over again. Now, what are you saying? He said, I'm just useless. I said, why are you useless? Well, I I just don't feel like I'm doing anything for God. Well, why do you feel that way? Well, I, I, I don't feel the anointing. What does the anointing feel like? Uh, he said, well, you, you, know, I, you, know, you know what I mean, Brother Clarence. I said, no. I, I said, no. I said, what you're doing is you're feeling sorry for yourself. And you're, you're, you're letting your emotions rule you and, and gauge your joy and your peace with the Lord. We're not perfect yet. Look at somebody and say, you're not perfect. Well, maybe you better not do that. You might make them mad. I don't know. <laughs> you're not, you're not, we're not perfect yet. God's still working on us. We're not going to be perfect till we enter into the portals of glory and there everything is perfect. But until we get there, we're going to have some issues and some things that kind of get marred in our life. But don't, don't get in a, in a, in a place of despondency and discouragement to the point you give up because you see God can still take you and God can still mold you and God can still resurface that. God can take that crack out. God can do all of these things and make it perfect again. That's the, way, that's the kind of God we're serving. Can't you say amen? Now, some of us have experienced a shattered life in our past. I don't know how many people through the years that I have talked to that their, their life has been shattered. Their, their marriage was shattered. Their relationship was shattered with people. And they felt like that they had reached the end of the road and there was no hope whatsoever because it was just shattered. And, and there it, and it, it was no hope of restoration. But see, what we got to understand, God is a God of restoration. We're, we're serving a, a restoring God, a God of restoration. That's his, that's his specialty, is taking broken things and restoring. Shattered lives and making something come out of it. Listen, there's nobody here, nobody watching us by Facebook Live, anywhere else i preach. You know, there's people all over that we have got issues that we have to deal with personally. But you know what? God's there to help us. And God will restore us. And God will bring us back to that place where we can be used of God. God's not done. Turn to that person next to you and say, God's not done with you yet. God's not done with you yet. Now, God's purpose for our life is important to him. Listen, you you can just feel like you're just isolated and put off by yourself, but you're not. God's still got purpose. When you wake up this morning, you're breathing. You got purpose. There's a purpose for every one of us this morning. It doesn't matter. People always try to find the purpose for us. You know, well, you know, you know, you'd make a good this or a good that, and a good this and good that, and and uh, I tell you what, if you if you do this and that, and uh, listen, just 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 uh, flake off from it, <laughs> because God has the purpose. I said, God has the purpose. It's God's purpose. I could look out at every one of you. I could go down the line and say, well, I feel like, you know, I feel like this. Listen, unless God gives me a definite word. But the thing is, I can't just go and say, and guess at it. But God has a purpose. God's got a divine purpose in every one of our lives this morning. And there's a divine purpose that God has. And listen, look at this verse again in in, in Jeremiah. We're going to look. This gives us some important information to note. First, the vessel was a work in progress. It wasn't complete yet when he saw this man working on this vessel and it was a work in progress. Listen, you you haven't, you're not perfected yet. (laughs) You're not perfect yet. We're not going to be perfect till we enter through the portals of glory. Every day God's still working on us. Every day, God still has to do some things in our heart and our life and, and point out some things that, you know, that we need to let Him work on in our lives. God wants to work on our lives and, but it was a work in progress. It wasn't complete. And I want to tell you something. You're not, it's not over till it's over. Our life isn't over until we take the last breath and go into the portals of glory. God's still working on us every day of our life. It doesn't matter who we are, what age we are, or anything else. God has a perfect plan that He's working on for our lives. Can you say amen? amen. And secondly, the vessel was in the potter's hand. Although spoiled, it was still in the potter's hand. I want to tell you something. There's, there's sometimes there's people, I say, God, I give up. <laughs> I've done that through my years of ministry. Oh, did I just give up? And you know what God will do? He said, "Well, I haven't given up. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, do you remember somebody? You some people wanted to give up on you, but I wouldn't let them give up on you. See, God, see God, God doesn't give up. No, now that that vessel was on the potter's. Uh, uh, and it was in the potter's hand. He was working on it there on the on the potter's deal, whatever they put it on, and he was working on it. And so the vessel was in the potter's hand, although it was although spoiled, although it was ruined, although it looked like it was not perfect, there was an imperfection that came up, and it was marred in the potter's hand. Listen, have, somebody said, how can somebody get marred in the hands of Jesus? Well, have you ever tried to bathe a baby sometimes? And that baby starts twisting and turning. <laughs> and before long, they got more water on you than what's on the, where it should be, you know. And, but, and, and sometimes that potter's working on this thing, and it, something happens, it loosens up, or it doesn't stay right in the same spot it should, and it, it gets marred. We as believers, I like to use that word, we get antsy sometimes. And we want it done yesterday, Lord. (laughs) You know, I mean, Lord, you promised me something, you know, when I first got saved. Well, you're not not gone yet, so God can still perfect that and God can still do that, what He promised. Amen? Because God doesn't lie. He's not man that He lies or the Son of Man that He has to repent. And third, this this piece of pottery that was marred in the potter's hand, Jeremiah saw it and he he remade that particular vessel and it was remade into a vessel that the potter was pleased with. I'll tell you something. There's lives that have been shattered. I've seen preachers fall from grace. We use that term, fall from grace. Um, I've seen them fall from grace. I've seen them, their lives shattered, their families shattered. I've seen individuals in churches the same way. But you know what I've seen? I've seen God's hand and God's love. And God's love is shown through people. And those people lift that individual up and they hold them up in prayer and they esteem them highly. As a as a as a member of the body of Christ, and they esteem them highly in the presence of the Lord. And God can remold that person that's been marred, that ministry that's been marred, those lives that have been broken and shattered, and and families and, and shattered. And and you know, listen, we're living in a society today, and 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 I don't have to tell you this; you know that by watching the news. I mean, it's a it's a rebellious society. It's a very rebellious society today. Rebellion is on the rampage. Uh, rebellion, you know, rebellion is just—it's in the heart of a person. Uh, you can see it on the highways. You can see it with people driving, and I mean, it's rebellion. Say that if the speed limit's seventy-five, they're going to go ninety-five. You know, if the speed limit's sixty-five, they're going to go eighty-five. And, and if you're in their way, they're going to honk their horn at you and make all kinds of gestures at you if you don't move over fast enough. You know, but it's rebellion. It's a spirit of rebellion. That's in our society today. And it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Jesus said it's going to wax worse and worse. He tried to tell the disciples. As it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of Son of Man. As it was in Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in these days, these last days of the coming of the Son. Listen, it shouldn't be no shock to what we're seeing, but it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But we're not to fear because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. God's power is still greater than any power of the devil. And until the Lord comes, we still have more power. Hallelujah. Praise God, we still have more power. Regardless, the power and the anointing of God is still more powerful than anything the devil's got. Everything the devil has is imitation. He doesn't have anything. He lost it all. And when he he lost it all when he was kicked out of heaven. He lost everything. But you see, he's intimidated people, he's deceived people, he's lied to people. And that's the only way the devil can win in a person's life, is lie to them and deceive them, intimidate them to the point to where they believe him, and they believe the lying vanities. And believing in lying vanities, we forsake our own mercy. And believe in the lying vanities, we, we get in a position to where we miss out on the very thing God wants to do in our life. God's still Lord. He's still Lord of all. He's Lord of the situation. He's Lord of our children. He's Lord of our grown children. He's He's Lord of our grandchildren. He's Lord of... Uh, of uh, listen, He's still Lord over this thing. And they're your seed and you've got a right to claim your seed for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. Amen. My wife's got a son that's, uh, you, you know, he's doing his thing, and and uh, he's old enough to know better, but he's still doing his thing, and and uh, he's rebellious, and he kind of cut her off because of her beliefs and things like that, you know. But, uh, but she hasn't cut him off in her heart, but he's cut her off as far as communication. But, you know, the thing is, God gave her a promise, because I remember seeing this young man at the church, so I'd preach at in Massachusetts when I'd go. He would be there as a kid in, in the in the, in the children's ministry, in the children's church, and he was so happy and so happy. And now then, he's, of course, he's grown now, and he's, uh, uh, I don't know what his age is. He's probably 38, 39, 40. I don't know, somewhere along there. But he, he, uh, uh, he just rebelling. But God gave my wife a promise. He said, that incorruptible seed of the word, is what was in him when he came to the church. He received the incorruptible seed of the word. Now I, I want to tell you something. There's many, many people. I, I'll be honest. I'm the first one. Sometimes I was going to throw up my hands. Lord, I can't do nothing with them. And God will say, "There's an incorruptible seed of the word in them." <laughs> And, and, and God wants us to see that today. Even with your children and grandchildren or whatever, you know, listen, if they've received that word, that incorruptible seed is there. And I want to tell you something that incorruptible seed can explode on the inside of them one day, and good things and good results can happen. But we got to stand on the word and believe God. Amen. Listen, that potter, he could have just tossed it aside, but he said, no, I'll just remake something here, do this and do that. Listen, there's a lot of them that got to be remade. A lot of remaking is going on on. I, I have a friend of mine that uh, his son ended up in prison. And uh, he didn't kill the man, but he stood there and allowed it to happen. And was, so he was just as guilty as the man that did the, the murder. And uh, anyway, he's been in prison doing some hard time. But you know what God's done? In that prison. See, God doesn't forget us where we are when we get in the prison or wherever we might be. In that prison. There was a young man there that was in there for basically the same type of crime, but somehow or other they they've allowed ministries to come in and minister and do things, and this young man got saved and filled with the Spirit. And now he started ministering to this man, this other young man, and now he's he's all turned on to God again and changed and transformed. His parents go and they can see the transformation in his life. Listen, parents know before they they know better than anything. <laughs> they they can tell you right off the bat if if it's real or not real. But he's he's genuine, and God's done something in him, and it looks like that it, it could be that it, his term can be shortened a little bit than what it was going to be, but I'll tell you what, God is doing some great things. But what I'm saying, God don't give up. The incorruptible seed of the Word, I said the incorruptible seed of the Word is in them. I told somebody one time, I, I preached at the prison <laughs> in Huntsville, Texas, and they had about 300 inmates in there. and uh, I didn't realize that I, I shouldn't have said it this way, but I said, I'm going to preach on the greatest jailbreak today. <laughs> and the guards got the guns. <laughs> anyway, I realized that I shouldn't have said it like that. I was going to talk about being free, uh, you know, the freedom of God that God gives us individually. See, I'm not perfect yet. <laughs> but but you know what? I shared with those men the power of God and what God's transforming power could do, and regardless of what, what they were in there for, I said, "You're like this vase that was broken and marred, but God, the, the 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 master of it all, took it and remade that pottery and remade that vase." And I tell you what, God will remake our children, our grandchildren, whatever. Listen, we got to stand on that word. God promised you your seed. Hallelujah. I said, God promised you your seed. And we we don't need to give up on God because God's word is truth and I believe God. Listen, it, 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 it may look like it's not happening, but you know what? You just let the potter get it on the wheel a little bit. And listen, when the potter gets it back on the wheel, that broken vase, and he gets it back on the wheel... And he, if he gets your children back on the wheel or your, or your spouse back on the wheel or whatever it may be, you know, and he gets them, don't go up there and try to help the potter do his job. (laughs) Let God do what he's going to do. Let God work in that person's life. Let God, listen, God is, his eye is on everything. And if we put them in God's hands, leave them in God's hands because that, He is the specialty maker. He's the one that pro he he processes all these broken pieces of pottery and makes them new again and makes them beautiful again and God's going to do it. We we just got that incorruptible seed of the word is in our children. Can you say amen? It's there. Praise the Lord. Now we've all got we've all been strategically designed for a purpose. Every one of us. We have a purpose. Every one of us have a purpose. My purpose is to preach and teach the word. That's the purpose that God put in me, and I want to see results of the teaching and preaching of the word. I want to see people's lives changed, transformed. I, 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 I'm not. I, I don't want to hit people on the head. I want people's lives transformed by the word. See, the word of God will prick our hearts. It, it'll get inside of us. How I many conviction? Conviction comes when, when the Word's preached or the truth is preached. Conviction will grip your heart. You know? And it doesn't mean that you're dying and going to hell. It just means that God wants to do some extra work in you. And wants to perfect. And wants to perfect the flaws that's there. We've all got flaws. If you said you're perfect, then you're already imperfect because you just lied. <laughs> Amen? So, don't fear the potter's wheel. This is the place where the impurities get out. This is the place where God works on us on the inside. This is where God begins to change our thinking. Afflictions, traumas, misfortunes from the past will be annihilated, and dreams will, will be birthed and brought forth as we let God work in our lives. God wants to work in our lives. Can you say amen? This is the place where your mind will be renewed. You'll learn to walk in integrity. But you gotta stay on the potter's wheel. (laughs) Stay on the potter's wheel. When God puts you on the potter's wheel, stay on the potter's wheel. Don't fight the process. Don't fight what God's doing. The clay, first of all, has to be centered on the potter's wheel. Have you ever tried to get people. Especially kids. <laughs> when you're doing a play or something like that, and you got a certain place, they got to stand, and, and, uh, uh you know, I, I, I don't, I'm glad my wife is called for children and ministry like that, because I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I am a, uh, uh, what's, what's that called? Uh, were you a perfectionist, you know? Uh, uh, OCD, is that what it is? <laughs> I'm a little OCD. My wife will come in; she'll do something and clean up something. and I'll go over there and fix it. And she said, "OCD again." I said, "Well, you learned. You knew that when you married me." Her daughter came and visited us, and and uh, and we had, Pat had her to clean up the kitchen. And uh, she said, "Did you clean up the kitchen?" She said, "Yeah, but it's not clearance clean <laughs> well i you know i i try to I try to teach everybody to be clearance clean, you know <laughs> but that, that's just one of my faults. you know, so if you see me come in your house and I see a, something out of, that that's crooked or something, I go over there and put it back in place just just the o c d Just Brother Clarence's OCD. Praise God. (laughs) Stay on the potter's wheel. But the claim first has to be centered. You've got to be willing to let God place you where He wants you. You've got to be willing to let God put you in a position to where He can do the spiritual surgery on you. When the potter put that pottery on the wheel, it's, he centers it. He centers it where it belongs, and God has to center us. Then the waters applied, before the pottery can uh, can begin its creation. Then he shapes the clay. That potter shapes the clay into an image that he desires. And uh, there's different wheels used to create different vessels, but the Lord's designed each for each one of us. Every person here, every person listening, every person watching, with a specific calling. We all have a specific calling. Every one of us. Every one of us. I was in Bible college and. And we, you know, some of the kids came to college and they only came there because their parents sent them there because they felt like the college would straighten them out a little bit and get them a little holier, you know. <laughs> and uh, some of them, it did and it worked and, and they did. But, but they came with not knowing the purpose that God had for them. They didn't know the full purpose and the plan of God in their heart and life at that time. And some of them just didn't, some of them didn't find it till after they got out of college, and, and God began to open the door and begin to show them and, and think. But then they, they were able to reach back into some things they learned and gleaned from the ones that taught them and mentored them and encouraged them in the things of God. And they were able to reach back and bring that into the place where they were and use it for the glory of God. But listen, the potter shapes the clay in the image that he desires. And the Lord's designed each one of us for a purpose. Your purpose may not be the same as mine. Mine's not the same as yours, but we all have that divine purpose. Every one of us have a divine purpose. I was talking to a young lady one night, and she was born out of wedlock. She came to me, and she said she was crying. She said, "Brother," she said, "Pastor," she said, "I'm not worth anything." She said, "Cause I was born out of wedlock." I said, "You know what?" I said, "That's the devil." Trying to make you feel unworthy. You see, whether you're born out of wedlock or not, you're born. You're born, and you're here. And I said, God has a purpose for your life, and it doesn't matter. You don't have to listen to the to the to the naysayers. You know those that say, "Well, that she'll never amount to nothing" because I know her background. Blah 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 blah. It, listen, wait, how many of those, when you're born again? You're born again. Old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. Amen? If that wasn't so, none of us would have, a, we would not have an opportunity to get be anything for God. Because, listen, we have to understand that God takes us and God rebirths us through the new birth. And God... Takes us, if we've fallen off the wheel, God will take us and place us back on the center of the wheel again, and God will begin to work, and God will begin to move, but every one of us have a purpose. Every one of us have a purpose. She so began to weep, and I said, don't you ever forget, God has purpose for you. Don't let anybody take that hope out of your life, because you're important to God just as important as anybody else. Praise God. Amen. And you know what? She's, she's grown up. She's made something of her life. And God has blessed her. Because she remembered she's worth something. And got, she allowed God to put her on the potter's wheel, you know. And do what God needed to do in her life. And God will do the same thing for us. Amen. Praise God. Now, I see a lot of times people... God wants to do something in our lives, but the devil likes to bring your past up all the time. Don't let the past dictate your future. Yeah, I, I don't care what you've done in the past. If you have repented and asked God's blood to cover that and to cleanse you, then it's covered and gone and blotted out in the name of Jesus. So we don't need to let our past dictate our future. Whatever we've done, listen, God, God takes those that are, uh, that some people think is useless. But God takes those useless people and makes them useful for the kingdom of God. Because God's not done with us. I say God's not done with us. Can you say amen? But don't let the past dictate your future. You can't do anything about your loss. You can't do anything about your loss. I know a few years ago. My daddy gave me a ring. It was a diamond ring that he had. Somebody had actually gave it to him, and it was a, a beautiful diamond ring. I mean, it was worth some money, and but he gave it to me, and I had it. And I cherished it for a long time. I don't know when it happened, where I, where I, where it happened. I have a feeling I know when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I lost that ring. I lost it. And I said, "Lord, I said it was it was kind of a precious thing to me. But I lost it. And I think it was I was coming back from Houston and uh my transmission went out on my van. And uh I was right in Virginia, and it went out, and it was cold, 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 cold. I mean, it was a wintry day. I mean, freezing weather. And I was out there trying to do some things and waiting on the guy to get there to see what he could do on the transmission and, and, and everything. And I, and, I, and I remember my hands were so cold. Have you ever had your hands cold you didn't have no feelings in them? And I don't know what happened, but I, I believe... It was during that period, because that's when I missed it. It must have either come off. You know, I don't know. I still don't know. I still hadn't found it. I wish I had a testimony today that the angel of the Lord just brought it and put it on my dresser again, you know. But I don't have that testimony today. But you know what I'm saying? It was a precious thing to me. It was a very precious thing. And who knows? If it wasn't lost there, maybe it was lost somewhere else. I don't know. But you know the thing is... You can't do anything about your loss. I can't do anything about not having that ring. As much as I'd love to have it, there's nothing I can do about having it and getting it back. The only way it could get back is for an angel to bring it back to me. (laughs) But you know, nothing's impossible with the Lord. So we can't do anything about a loss, but we can do something... About tomorrow, yes, our future, yeah. where we're headed from this day. Yesterday's in the past. Tomorrow's still in the future. But today is where we are right now. Amen. See, a lot of time we live in the future and we live in the past. But we've got to come to the place where we're today. Right now, today, today. Today God's with us. Right now, this minute God is with us. It doesn't matter what's happened in our past, it doesn't matter what it looked like is going to happen in the future. You can try to predict your future, and you know what? You you might as well forget trying to do that, and let's just follow God day by day, step by step, every day, just follow the Lord and let God do what He's going to do in our lives. But we can't do anything about our loss, but we can do we can take hold of our future. You can take hold of it today. Restoration is of God, and it's a process. Paul made a statement over in Philippians, the third chapter, and the twelfth through the fourteenth verse. Not that I've already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also has laid hold of me. <laughs> Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do: forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the great, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Isaiah fifty-four eight. Well, first Ecclesiastes three eleven. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes three eleven. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Hallelujah. You ought to get up in the morning, look in that mirror, and say, You ugly thing, God's making everything beautiful in his time. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> if you're like me, you don't look like much in the mornings.
1: <laughs>
0: but God has made everything beautiful in his time. Look at Isaiah 64 8. But now, O Lord, you're our Father. We're the clay you are our potter, and all we are the work of your hand. We're the work of the Lord's hands. Amen. Every one of us. And so God mends God what's broken. Every one of us have had something broken in our life. Broken relationships. <laughs> broken pocketbooks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we, we've all been broken somewhere. But God is the one that's going to restore. God's in the healing business. God is a healer. He's a healer of our emotions. He's a healer of our bodies. He's a healer of our spirits. He's a healer of our finances. He's a healer of relationships. He is the healer. He mends and brings it forth again. Job said this in Job seventeen one. My spirit is broken. My days are extinguished. And the grave is ready for me. <laughs> Job had a Job had a kind of a poor estimation of himself there for a while. I mean he put himself down big time. And when all that was happening to him, and got into self pity, and all of these things, and and the thing he said, he even made the statement: "The thing that I greatly was afraid of has come up on me. The thing that I feared has happened." You know, we we, we got to come to the place. <clears throat> let's don't fear anything the devil has. Let's just proclaim the word of God, because God's word will prevail. Amen. His word will prevail. Look at Isaiah sixty one three. The Spirit of God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He's sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's Isaiah prophesying concerning Jesus. But Jesus comes back in Luke four eighteen, and he goes into the synagogue, and he sits up there, and he sits down, and he takes the book, and he he stands up and reads out of the book, which is the scroll or the or the holy word at that time, and he reads out and he turns to this particular prophecy, and he reads it to those people. This day is this promise fulfilled in your ears. Hallelujah! Listen, God is he's he's a restorer. He, he, he restores. He heals. He makes everything right. Can you say amen? Psalmist David said in 3418, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in their spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in his spirit. So God has the power. God has the power. God's restoring. God's making new. God's not done with us yet. Praise God. Listen. This church has been through things, spiritually, through the years, but you've always come out. How many knows that's true? Why? Because we're strong in our faith towards God. See, I like that old saying, it ain't over till it's over. (laughs) It's just not over till it's over with. And what we have to realize is that God is still the master of everything. And God still has a vision and a purpose. And God's purpose and vision for this church is still going to be fulfilled through the remnant that's left. Thank God. How many glad you are part of the remnant? And that remnant that's left, God is going to fulfill and do what He said He would do. God's not man that he lies, nor the Son of Man that he has to repent. God will do what he said he would do. Amen? So God has a purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. You're part of God's plan. Everybody say, I'm part of God's plans. Sometimes when you're in the middle of difficulty, you can't see the restoration that God's trying to do. Sometimes when you're broke... (laughs) <laughs> and somebody comes to you and says, well, just trust God, brother, or trust God, sister. You know, God's your source. Well, it could be that God wants to be you to be the source that he wants to use for them at that time. <laughs> That's another message. But God has a purpose. God is restoring God's doing what he said he would do. The vision doesn't die. The vision doesn't die. The vision that God's placed in your heart for yourself, God's vision for you and us collectively today, that vision does not die. That vision is ignited in our spirits. And as we let that vision be ignited in our spirits and we, we all get back on the potter's wheel and let God kind of remake us a little bit. Let God kind of work on us a little bit. God, God will get those rough edges off of us. God will smooth out those things that, and make us a beautiful vessel for the kingdom of God and for the Lord. God's not done with any of us yet. Amen. God's not done. Praise God. I, I, there was a man in uh, Louisiana. And everybody said it's over with. You might as well just say your, say your, uh, get your wheel in order and get everything together. It's over with. And because I mean, his heart was gone. He was 82 years old, 83 years old, and uh, I was there preaching revival. And this was only a few months after he'd went through his ordeal. And the pastor said, you see that man? I saw this man. He was, looked like an elderly man, but he looked like a strong man. And, I mean, you know, he looked youthful for his age. And he was carrying these uh, roofing stuff up, a ladder up on top of the roof of the church. <clears throat> and he said, I said, yeah. He said, well, that man, just a few months ago, doctors didn't give him no hope. His heart was gone. There was nothing they could do to help restore it at that time. Uh, heart transplant was going to do it. And all of this stuff. And he said, that man just looked at them and said, well, God's not done with me yet. <laughs> and God reached down and restored his heart. And he went back to the doctor after all this. And the doctor said, you've got the heart of a 30-year-old.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Oh, praise God. Now, don't shout too loud. I, I saw the man <clears throat> going up down the, the ladder, you know. <clears throat> I couldn't do that. <clears throat> and at that time, I was only about 26 years old. <laughs> I couldn't do done it anyway. I was skinny back then. But, but you know, the, but what I'm saying is, God restores. God, What we've got to do is be willing to get back up on the wheel and be what God's called us to be. Amen? 1 Peter 5 and 10. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I want to read that again. After you have suffered a while, he will perfect. He'll make right. He'll, he'll perfect maturity, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now, that word perfect there means to... Uh, be made almost like new, you know, and, and perfected. But also, when you, when you study sometimes into the original Hebrew and Greek of these things, that word perfect there has several meanings. And in this particular instance, he said he will perfect you. That he will fit you like a piece of a puzzle. How many of you have worked on jigsaw puzzles? And you've got a piece and you say, well, I know it fits right here. Because it looks like it does. And you put it in there and it don't work. And you find another little place. Well, I know it works here and it doesn't work there. Because there's a perfect place for it. And see what God does, after we've suffered a while, God's called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And after we've suffered a while, He'll perfect He will put you and He will fit you like a piece of a puzzle right where we belong. Hallelujah. Now, there's some people that go through life never finding that place, but one day they submit to God and God says, here. And he puts you right where you belong, fitting you like a piece of a puzzle. And he will strengthen you and he will settle you and you will be what God's called you to be. Praise God. Listen, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the person next to you. Don't give up on nobody else in this room. Don't give up on anybody because God is the one that gives up. Amen. God is the one that gives up. There's some people I just want to wash my hands. Okay, Lord, I've done my part. God said, "Uh uh-uh. I want you to go do something else for them. (laughs) And so, I said, okay. And you know what? God moves in those people's lives. Because God's not done. God's not done. God's not done with me. He's not done with you. God's got a place for us in the kingdom of God, and there's a purpose and a place, and we just need to get back up on that potter's wheel and let that potter take us and place us right in the center of that wheel again and just get all the little rough edges off of us. Anybody got any rough edges on you this morning? Yeah. <laughs> somebody said, what's a rough edge? Well, it's uh, uh, if somebody looks at you wrong, don't smile. You think they're mad at you. <laughs> Or, or a rough edge, and, and you say something, and they didn't hear you say it, and you said, well, they're just ignoring me. See, the, the devil makes you imagine things. Imagine things. But you know what we need to do? Let God put us back on the center of the wheel. Let, listen, and don't you try to come knock these rough edges off me. Let God do it. <laughs> I'm not going to try to knock them off you. Let God do it. We're going to let God do that. God, see, God will show us, and as we stay on the center of the wheel that God's working on us the, as the potter uh, on us, then we're going to see that we're going to come out perfected in the name of Jesus. Amen. And victory's ours. Church, we have victory. Yes. I said, we have victory. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads before the Lord this morning. Father, we just thank you. We just praise you for your word. Thank you that your word is truth. Thank you that your word is truth, Lord. And we just give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. I want every head bowed for just a moment. And I just want to just ask you a question. And only you can answer it. Because only you and the Lord. See, God, God, God will move in your spirit and in your heart. And if you're here and you say, Brother Clarence, and I'm talking to people that's born again, believers. But you may be in that position today. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything else this morning. But I'm just going to ask you to just acknowledge and just slip up your hand and put it right back down. And just let me know and say, this is what what I need God to do in my life. I need God to do something. I, I need to get back on the center of the will of the Lord. And let God do it. Amen. There's a song that came to my heart. If you know the words,
1: sing it with me. Oh, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit. Of the living God Fall fresh on me Mold me Make me Break me Use me Spirit Of the living God Fall fresh on me. I want us this morning,
0: shut your eyes and just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart right now. Amen. And I want us to sing that one more time. Let's sing it as a prayer. A prayer unto God. And let God just take our hearts, mold us, and make us. And make us
1: what we're to be. Oh, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Now, let's go to this part. It said... Mold me, let Him mold you. Make me, create me, use me, Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on me. Could you
0: just lift both hands to the Lord and surrender to Him? And I I don't know that this, this song just ministers to me, and I I hope it ministers to you. Because I can't pray for I can't pray in your stead. I can't ask God to do it. You have to ask God to do it for you. And I want us just to let the Holy Spirit just speak to us right now. Oh
1: Spirit of the Living God. me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me, make me, break me, use me. Of the living God, fall fresh on me. Hallelujah! Just praise Him, just a moment. Oh, we thank You, Lord. Mold us and
0: make us, Lord. Create in our, our right heart and our right spirit, Lord. Just mold us and make us and use us. For your glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. We'll take that person's hand next to you and just pray for them. Just pray that God will just move in their life and minister exactly what they need in their heart and life in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for it. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Spirit of God that flows. Ministers to us this morning. Mold us. (laughs) Make us. Break us. Use us, Lord. Just fall fresh on us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How much glad you came. Praise God. We're going to do this again at 6 o'clock tonight. Well, maybe not the same way, but we're going to do something. Amen. Whatever God directs. Praise God. God is so good. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Praise
1: God. And as we leave here, let's just praise Him. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let all of God's people praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let all of God's people praise the Lord.